Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So when I ran Comrades in 2022, the plan was only ever to run it once. And I remember somewhere probably along halfway or a little further down the road, I remember just thinking to myself, like, this is so hard and this is such a long distance. And I developed this mantra that went sort of like, with every step I take forward, I never have to take this step again at Comrades because when I finish, that will be it. I'm only doing this one time. I was really that set on only ever running that far once, only ever running Comrades once. And I remember getting to the finish line and I was gleeful and I was in a lot of pain and I was exhausted. And I felt so satisfied that I had actually done this thing. I had finished it. Yeah, it was, I was totally elated. I was totally satisfied. And I was absolutely ready to turn my attention to some other running adventures. And then the pain started to fade. And all those magical memories of comrades really started to shine through. And I was thinking about how unique and extraordinary this experience is, and that I had never really experienced anything like that before in my life. And I knew I could do better if I came back and did it again. And so about two weeks after I crossed the finish line at Comrades 2022, I decided I was definitely coming back and running in 2023. Women's running, running, running. Women's running stories. Hello, my name is Cherie Louise Turner. I am a podcaster, writer, editor, and runner. Yes, for this episode, you're going to hear my story about how it all went down at the Comrades Marathon in South Africa just this past June, 2023. But before we get to that, welcome to Women's Running Stories. If you are new here, welcome. I hope you enjoy this episode. And if you are returning, thank you so much for coming back. I am Cherie Louise Turner. And I am also the host and producer of Women's Running Stories. And this podcast is a proud member of the Evergreen Network of Podcasts. And before we get to my story, I do want to let you know about another podcast that I know you will really enjoy, and that is Hear Her Sports. It is hosted and produced by my friend Elizabeth Emery. And every episode, Elizabeth brings you an outstanding woman athlete or woman who is somehow involved in the sports world. 
and she gets into the how and the why of the pursuits that they are so passionate about and like how they excel at what they do. Elizabeth is a fantastic interviewer and even if you are totally unfamiliar with her guest or what they do, I can guarantee you that you will come away with a great understanding of what makes them so great at what they do and the details of how they got there. Elizabeth brings you episodes every other Thursday, so be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And I will say one of the things I really love about these episodes, other than learning about people and pursuits that I oftentimes am not very familiar with, is how often I learn things that I can apply to my own athletic pursuits, as well as things that I can just apply to bettering life. So yeah, go give it a listen. It is Hear Her Sports with host and producer Elizabeth Emery. And of course, I will link to all the ways that you can keep up with Hear Her Sports in the show notes. Now on to this episode. I am not only your host and producer here at Women's Running Stories, but I'm also a runner myself. And this year, I did run Comrades for the second time. I ran the first time in 2022, and now I ran my second time in 2023. And this is the story of how it all went down. If you are not familiar with Comrades, it is the roughly 90-kilometer or 55-mile road race that happens each year in South Africa. It is the oldest and largest ultra-distance race in the world. It has been happening since 1921, and it has run every single year since then, except during wartime and during COVID. And there are thousands of people who run this event. I think this year there were about 15,000 runners. And in South Africa, Comrades is like a national holiday. I mean, in the States, a go-to comparison is that Comrades is like the Super Bowl. So yeah, just imagine a giant sporting event that the entire country is paying attention to. But in this case, it is something that you might be doing or your friends are doing or that you might aspire to. Or if you're not actually running or one of the thousands of people that go in person to cheer people on all along the course, you can watch Comrades on TV live for the full 12 hours of the event. And new for this year, there was specific coverage just for the elite women's field. So that was pretty cool. So yeah, Comrades is a big celebration in South Africa. And also it's sort of the gold standard for running there in the way that runners in other parts of the world might be asked if they've run a marathon. In South Africa, the question immediately is, have you run Comrades? As the thinking goes in many people's minds, you're not a real runner until you have run the Comrades. So it is an incredibly special event and getting to be a part of it, especially coming in as a foreigner, just feels like a huge gift. I have been fascinated with this race for years. That's why there are many episodes of women's running stories that focus on women's experiences at Comrades. But of course, the time came that I knew I just had to go experience it for myself because as many people told me, you cannot understand Comrades fully unless you've done it yourself. And now that I've done it twice, I agree. So let's get to it. Let's hear the story of how it all went down for me at the 2023 Comrades, beginning with my preparation for this year's event.
Yeah, so there were a few reasons why I wanted to go back and run Comrades again. And one was that I knew I could run better. Um, And specifically what I mean by that is I knew I could run it faster and be better prepared. The going into 2022, I had sort of vaguely had this idea of shooting for about 10 hours, but in reality, I really just wanted to finish under the 12 hour cutoff time. Um, and I ended up running 10:25, So I still had this thought of maybe I could crack this 10 hour barrier. And then I also knew that mentally I could have been better prepared and executed it better from a mental psychological standpoint. So I knew I could run it better and I really just wanted to go experience comrades again. It really is like nothing else I have ever experienced beyond just the satisfaction of running that far and the feeling of accomplishment and all those things. Just the entire experience is like nothing else. And I just really wanted to go soak that in as much as I could one more time. And the other thing is that Comrades has this great way of incentivizing returning to run the race. And the first incentive they offer is this back-to-back medal. And you can only get your back-to-back medal if you return the year after the first time you've run. So the only time I could get my back-to-back was to come back and run in 2023. So there was that. And usually what that means is that you run the course in both directions. Every year, Comrades changes directions. One year, it is primarily downhill, and the next year, it switches directions. So it's primarily uphill. In my case, it was this sort of rare situation where they had decided to run the course in the same direction two years in a row. So I had run the down run in 2022, and I would run the down run again. And even though I've had so many people tell me that they actually think the up run is easier because it is less pounding on your legs, I was totally fine with running downhill again. I knew I could do it because I'd done it once, so I knew what to expect, and Honestly, the thought of running downhill is much more appealing than the thought of all that uphill. So there were a few things that I changed going into preparation for the 2023 Comrades. And the first thing was that I hired a coach. I hired Verity Breen, and I I actually already knew her from the podcast. She'd been a guest. But I had also been around her racing in the San Francisco Bay Area, and I really liked her energy. And One of the things that I knew about her, other than she's an incredible runner herself, is that she, as she says, she's very forensic in her approach to training and racing, and I am not. So I knew that I would really benefit from some guidance from somebody who is, and so so anyways, I brought Verity on, and one of the first big changes that I noticed right off the bat was that my mileage was going to increase. And I'd sort of been on this low mileage diet for quite a while, and just by example, going into Comrades 2022, I added up the miles on my biggest training week, and I think it was something around 33 miles, so not much. Um, And yeah, and so it shouldn't have been any surprise that the schedules I was getting from Verity had, uh, you know, significantly more miles. 
And mind you, too, that my largest training week going into Comrades 2023 was just over 60 miles. So in the grand scheme of ultra training programs, this was not super high mileage. But, you know, for me, it was a big change. And of course, you know, we ramped up over time and all of those things. But um, but it was a change for me. And I had gotten so used to doing these lower mileage weeks that it took some adjustment. And, you know, I certainly had my worries. And I was like, am I going to be able to absorb all of this and complete all these runs? And, and of course, I knew, like, as I was approaching comrades that the mileage would just go up. So yeah, I was, you know, mildly freaked out. And but I just went with it. And I, you know, I trusted her and I trusted in this process. I was just very mindful of how I was feeling. And one of the things I was really certain to do, especially as, you know, the miles did increase, was that I made my easy long runs very easy and I saved the hard efforts and faster running for the speed work. So the one thing I did decide to cut out was heavier weight training. I'd been doing a lot of weight training over the previous year and a half or so, and Um, I did stick with, I did yoga and I did body weight training, but I cut out the weight training that really felt like it broke me down. And, you know, I look forward to doing it in the future, but it was, I realized that it was going to be too much. So that was the sort of physical side of the changes that I made. And then the other key thing that I changed was, it was sort of this trifecta of, Breathing, my mental space, and then dealing with what I kind of refer to as my overactive nervous system. I tend to be a fairly anxious person, and I was really starting to notice how that was impacting my running. And this was all coming together for me because of the education I was getting from Jay Grunke of The Balanced Runner. Jay is a running form expert. Her practice is based in the Feldenkrais method, and I had done a lot of her lessons. I've watched her videos. I get her newsletter. I've read her blog. um, And over the years, I have absorbed a lot of what she teaches. And one of the things that Jay talks about a lot is that her work helps runners, in essence, get out of their own way and run more efficiently. And... So one of the things I started noticing was how I was getting in my own way. Like, what was I doing to contribute to not being an efficient runner? And one thing I noticed is that I hold a lot of tension. um, And I started to notice in particular that I hold a lot of tension in my jaw, and then it radiates down through my neck and my upper back. And um, and so I would notice, you know, in photos and things like that, that I look very stiff in my upper body. And I also, I mean, I know that I tend to be very hard on myself mentally and, you know, get into this, these patterns of negative thinking. And I know that that's not very helpful. And then I also had noticed that my breathing was not great. And especially when I'm running really, really hard, I tend to start gasping. And so I was reading through some protocols that Jay suggests for improving breathing And as I was putting all these things together, you know, improving my breathing, focusing on having a better mental state, and then also just really noticing this tension that I was carrying, I noticed how all of these things sort of worked together, how they all fed on each other. And in particular, I really noticed when I started having a lot of negative thinking, I was feeling it 
like tension, like in my brain and in my head and in my jaw. And, and then I, you know, I would notice that my breathing wasn't that great and that I was being very constricted and doing these shallow chest breaths. And, and so I started becoming very mindful of all of these ways that I was working against myself. And I will say that I haven't become perfect at it, but it has improved immensely. And it's required a lot of diligence. Like it is something that I am mindful of a lot. But when I can get it dialed in and as it and as I improve on all of these fronts, I will say it is making a tremendous difference in my running. And as a great side benefit, it also makes a difference in my life because it, I don't just do these things when I run. Yeah, so those were some of the sort of key things leading into comrades that were helpful in my preparation. And there were a few things that cropped up that ended up being not so beneficial to my comrades' preparation, more so than I had planned for. So so just after Boston 2023, which was in April, and it was a great training race lead up to Comrades, just after Boston, my husband and I were embarking on a prolonged transition move from Boston to Cork, and it involved a lot of travel, uh, going to see family, and you know visiting various different places, and coming to Ireland to look for a house, and then going off and running comrades and having a bit of a vacation afterwards before then starting life here in Ireland. And even though everything was very well organized and I thought I had all my ducks in a row, uh, you know, moving is super, super stressful and things don't always go to plan. And these were working trips. So there was a lot of travel and visiting and also just keeping work life going. And it was a lot of fun. It was really exciting, but it was a lot. And as the mileage was increasing, getting ready for comrades, it became more and more and more. And so there was a fateful day. Uh, it was about three weeks before comrades. It was the Wednesday, and I was in the midst of my last big training week. And it was kind of warm, and I was out on a run actually with Cormac O'Regan, who does the music for the podcast, and I was about halfway through. I was doing 10 miles that day, or so was the plan, and I was about halfway through, and I wasn't feeling great, um, but, you know, I figured I, you know, I knew I was tired, and I knew that the stress was catching up with me, but I was determined to, you know, keep on, and... So anyways, I was about halfway through this run, so about five miles in or so, and we got to a stoplight, and I got super dizzy. I started seeing spots before my eyes, and I felt terrible. And I looked at Cormac, and I was like, I don't think I can run anymore, and I saw the look on his face that looked like a lot of worry, and so I knew I didn't look good, and I really started to feel like I was going to pass out. So I stopped running, and we went and, you know, I got a cold drink, and I ended up taking the bus home, and I was really pretty freaked out. I was super worried. I was just thinking, you know, like, if I feel this way, just, you know, going five miles, 
how am I going to run 55 miles in just a couple of weeks? And so, yeah, it was not a great feeling. And I emailed Verity. I let her know what was going on. She, you know, she immediately said, like, you know, you are, you're done with training. You have, you know, you've done enough. You're as prepared as you're going to be. And it was very evident that had I not just shut things down, I was going to start moving backwards very, very quickly. And in fact, I was worried that I had overcooked myself. And I just, you know, I was really, really hoping that I'd be able to bounce back. And above and beyond that, it was just really scary to not be able to finish a run. Like I could not run. And even for days after that, I really did not feel good. So it was, you know, it was, it was worrisome. I I was worried. So yeah, for the next two and a half weeks, I focused totally on rest and recovery. I made sure I was getting enough sleep and hydration and eating well. And I did not have a run that was longer than three miles. And so I was just really, really hoping that I would be able to get to that start line feeling recovered. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So a couple of other things I did right before Comrades in final preparation that was really, really helpful um, is one, I read a very detailed description of the down course. Um, It is a description that I had found the year before and read and found very helpful. It's by Coach Perry, Lindsay Perry. uh, And I actually had become sort of friendly with Coach Perry and his team through the podcast and some other projects. So yeah. So anyways, Coach Perry is also the official coach of the Comrades Marathon. So lots of great information on the Coach Perry website. So anyway, so I read the detailed course description and it's it's very helpful because there is a lot of up and down in this course, even on the down run. And actually most of the downhill running really comes in the second half of the course. And so it's really important to be mindful of all the uphill running that you're going to do all along the way as well. And then the other thing I had found was a customizable pace chart. And you could basically, you could plug in what you wanted your finishing time to be, and then it would spit out for you what your total elapsed time should be after every 5K mark along the course factoring in all of the ups and downs. So what your elapsed time should be at 5K and then when when you get to 10K and 15K and on down the road. Yeah, so those were just some of the, you know, sort of last minute preparations I did right before race day. So yeah, soon enough it was race day and I was just very hopeful, you know. I Arrived at the start line sometime before 5 in the morning. The race started at 5.30, and it was dark and pretty chilly out. It is winter in South Africa that time of year. 
And there are hundreds of runners that are, you know, we're all just trying to get to our corrals. You are seated for your start. And so there are various different corrals that we are all assigned to. Um, And I am not particularly great in large crowds. So, you know, I eventually found my way to my corral and, and I'm standing there thinking like, like, why did I sign up for this again? Like, why am I doing this to myself? I think the just the huge task at hand was really starting to sink in. You know, like I was just about to embark on running 55 hilly miles in South Africa. And like, what, what was I thinking? <laughs> and, you know, I was just sitting there in this big crush of people. And I mean, it's exciting, but it's also daunting and a little nerve wracking. And, you know, there's just everyone with this nervous energy, just wanting to get over the start line so we could get going. But then I took some deep breaths and I reminded myself how much I had wanted to do this and really how special this event is and how lucky I was to get to run Comrades. And even more so, like I was healthy. I felt like I had recovered enough from this little episode that I'd had a few weeks before and I was as ready as I could be. I had absolutely no injuries and yeah, I was just ready to go. And like I'd actually gotten a decent night's sleep the night before and I prepared well and I knew I could go the distance because I'd done it the year before. So the only thing left to do was to actually run this race. And, you know, setting aside the nerves and, you know, the crush of people and all of that, the one of my favorite parts of Comrades is the start, is just the lead up to the gun going off. And, w- and when these things start, like, you know, you know, it's getting close to start time because they go in sequence. And it starts with the national anthem. And then there's Shoshaloza, which is just so beautiful and gets me in the heart, always gets me a bit emotional. And then there's Chariots of Fire, the theme of Chariots of Fire. And, you know, that goes on what feels like forever, because by this point, you're just sort of like, oh, let's just please get going. And then there's this traditional cock crow, this cock-a-doodle-doo. And and then the gun goes off. And in there, there's a trumpeting of the horn. And then you get to the start line as fast as possible because this is a gun-to-gun race and they do not count chip time. So everybody's time is exactly the same from the elites on the start line who are literally towing the line to those of us who are further back and it takes us a couple minutes to get across the start line. I don't know how long it exactly took me, but it was probably a minute or two and then I was off into, you know, it's dark. I mean, there's streetlights, so, you know, you can still see where you're going. But yeah, into the darkness, into the chilly morning. And despite all of that, there are hundreds of people out cheering you on. And yeah, and we were, we were running comrades. So yeah, you know, the first 15, 20, 30 kilometers, I was clipping along quite well. I felt good. I made a point of, you know, not going out too fast and, you know, eating as frequently as I could. 
Um, it's something I'm not particularly great at with these long runs. I tend to not eat enough in the early parts of the run, which I'm sure has contributed to not feeling as great as I could in previous runs. So I was trying to focus on keeping my nutrition up and sticking with my hydration. And I will say one of the great things about Comrades is that there is a ton of support along the course. It is so frequent and so abundant that you never really get stuck out long without having an opportunity to hydrate or get in some calories. So yeah, so I was I was really trying to, you know, stay up on hydration and calories. And things were going along nicely. I was batting away any sort of negative thinking, you know, any sorts of worries. I wasn't letting myself get too far down the line of any sort of like, oh my gosh, I have so far to go. Or, oh, I've only gone this far and it's going to be such a long day. What if things go sideways? I mean, you know, these are, of course, all the worries that start to rattle around in my head. And I was able to, you know, stop those or turn them around quickly until I hit about, I was probably about the halfway mark. And I remember there was a lot of climbing and I remember feeling like I was starting to struggle, like I was working too hard for the pace I was running. And I'd been keeping track of, you know, this these time goals every 5K to be able to reach the finish line, you know, just under 10 hours. And I was about 12 or 13 minutes or so ahead of pace. And so, of course, I start thinking, oh, I have gone out too fast and now I'm going to pay for it. And this is just a repeat of what I've done in the past where I go out too fast, I get a bit overconfident, and then it all just starts to fall apart. And my day was just going to be terrible. And I really started to get frustrated and angry with myself. And it's like, here we go again, and just going down that negative, negative rabbit hole. And I stopped myself and I thought, okay, well, how am I going to get out of this? What can I do to possibly dig myself out of whatever hole I think I've gotten myself into? And then also, how can I change this mindset around? Because here I am, I'm all the way in South Africa, I'm running comrades, and I need to make this a great day. Like, why am I out here if I am not going to make this just a really incredible experience and totally appreciate all the other runners and all this incredible support along the course? Like, it is absolutely not okay for me to have a bad day. And only I get to choose how this is going to go. So I started to turn my mind around. I started to focus on my breathing and relaxing and also eating and drinking really as much as I could. Um, I started walking through the aid stations and just making sure that I got hydration and I got calories. And I also, I just really focused on settling my body down and settling my mind down. And slowly but surely, I actually started to feel better. And I could not believe it. Like, I was thrilled. I was like, I actually feel better. I can actually run better and I'm running smoother. And I think a big part of that was just getting in enough calories. Like as much as I'd been trying earlier in the race to hydrate and fuel well, I clearly wasn't doing enough. And of course, once I started to physically feel a bit better, 
my thoughts turned around very quickly. And I was just over the moon. I remember looking at this woman running next to me and she had a smile on her face. And I looked at her and I remember saying like, you look so great. And she kind of gave me this look like, are you talking to me? And I, I just looked at her and I said, like, you look like you're running so well. And she's like, uh, yeah, you too. And I was, I was just so, I was so excited because I thought, my God, I have finally, finally done it. I didn't succumb to those terrible feelings and that negative thinking. And I puzzled my way out of what, I mean, it could have been a really bad day. And instead of like trying to push through and, you know, pretend like things weren't going sideways, like I really just settled down and I figured it out. And that really carried through, I would say, like more or less to the finish. Like, you know, I mean, it definitely got harder and it definitely hurt really bad. And I remember thinking somewhere along the way, especially when the downhills really started to come in that second part of the run, like, this is so painful. Like, my feet were hurting, my legs hurt, running downhill hurt. But then I also reminded myself that you know, this is part of this journey. It is painful and it's okay if it hurts. It's supposed to hurt. Like this is supposed to be hard. And just reminding myself that it's okay to be in this kind of pain that you experience from running long distances downhill on pavement. It was like, it was oddly relaxing because I, I stopped fighting this idea of like not wanting to be in pain and just really embracing the fact that like this is what it is and you're going to be fine. And I remember coming up to it was like 15 10 15k to go and I saw Lindsay Perry, coach Perry, and one of the people on his team, Brad Brown, who I also know and had had a chance to catch up with at the expo a few days before and you know, Brad jumped in and started running with me a little bit and asked me how I was doing. And I said, you know, I actually like I'm actually feeling pretty good. Like I'm, you know, getting so close to the finish here. I mean, I'm not quite there, but I'm I'm good. And I feel like I can break this 10 hours. And I don't know how much time had elapsed to that point, but I know that it was very clear that like that 10 hour mark was very within my reach. And Brad just said to me, if you don't break 10 hours, I will personally come burn your house down, which I took to mean, you know, you're not allowed to give up at this point. Like if you don't break 10 hours, that's on you because there's just no reason why I shouldn't have been able to meet that goal. And the reality is, is, I mean, I still did have like whatever this 10 or 15 K to go. So it wasn't a totally sure thing, but I knew it was within my ability and I wasn't allowed to give up on myself. And I just kept that with me. And it also just kind of made me laugh. And I also got to chat with Lindsey Perry a little bit. He ran with me a little ways too. So we caught up for a couple minutes and I got to share my enthusiasm with him. And it was just amazing to me what an uplifting thing it was to see some people I recognized on this course and, you know, share a few, like, I don't know, maybe it was half a kilometer or something. They probably weren't there for very long, but it felt like a monumental boost at this last part of the run. And then I also remember that I realized somewhere in that, you know, whatever, the last 10K or so that it pretty much hurt as much to walk as it did to run. So I started making my walk breaks pretty minimal because they just didn't feel all that helpful anymore. 
And I just figured the faster I can get to that finish line, the faster this pain will be over, which was sort of a joke because it didn't come to pass that way. Like just crossing the finish line does not make all the pain go away. But nonetheless, you know, I just, I kept ticking off the kilometers and, you know, within whatever, five, six kilometers to go, I knew I was going to meet my time goal. And it was just such a great feeling going through those last kilometers, like five, four, three, two, one, just knowing that I was going to meet this goal. And so I really just relaxed into just appreciating that this was going to happen and, you know, really taking in that last part of the run because I was really pretty certain that that was going to be my last comrades. And so, you know, as you approach the, you know, final kilometer or so, the last part of the run is you enter the stadium and you do a lap of the stadium and then you hit the finish line. So I just, I remember like coming into the stadium and I remember hearing my husband cheering for me. He had finished a while ahead of me. And so I remember hearing him cheer. And then I just remember looking for the finish line because it seems like it takes forever to make that lap around the stadium. But also at the same time, just wanting to soak it all in because I knew these were the last steps that I was going to take in this run. And I was just thrilled. And I, you know, I remember crossing the finish line and quickly looking for a place to sit down because I immediately started cramping. Um, but also just being so elated because it really had turned into just a magical day. And I crossed the line at nine hours and 41 minutes. And that brings us to the end of my comrade's story. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you being here. I had a lot of fun putting this together and I, I don't know, I just, I really enjoyed sharing my experience at Comrades. It really is truly one of the highlights of my entire athletic career. And I am so thankful for what a great day it became that I have definitely decided I'm not going back next year. I just want to end on a high note and who knows, maybe I'll go back in several years from now, but for the moment, I am just extremely thankful for having the day that I had. I feel so lucky in so many ways because I know that even when you do make good choices during a run, things don't always turn around and to have a day like I got to have is just something really special. So I am just thankful. I'm thankful to all the people who supported me in the run and who cheered for me and all those people along the course and all the other runners. I mean, it really, I don't have better words than to say it is just truly magical. So that's my comrade's story. From here, I am excited to start running some shorter distances. I have talked about this for a long time and much as I do cherish a lot of what I get out of the longer distance running, I really love running fast, short distances. I get a different kind of high off of it. It's a different kind of challenge. And I am just ready to move in that direction for the time being. And my one big tangible goal that I am going after is that I want to break 20 minutes in the 5K. So 
I have started chipping away at it. I continue to work with Verity and she has confidence in me. So I am borrowing her enthusiasm and confidence in my abilities to meet this goal. And I'm feeling good. And I'm, you know, I'm just very excited and I'm having a lot of fun. And I will keep you up to date on how that progresses. And that's going to close us out for this episode. Be sure to look in the show notes for ways to keep up with Hear Her Sports. In the show notes, I will also link to how you can find all the previous Comrades episodes. If you're just looking through them in the feed, I've made them very easy to identify. It always is the name of the runner plus Comrades Marathon. So if you just want to scroll through and find them for yourself, you can, or you can find the link in our show notes and get to them from there. I'm also going to provide a link for the episode I did last year. It was a crossover with Elizabeth Emery from Hear Her Sports, and she interviewed me about my first time at Comrades. So if you want to listen to that episode, you can find out how things went the first year that I ran. And in addition, find links to the course description that I mentioned that is on the Coach Perry website. I will also link to the customizable spreadsheet that I mentioned. Also find links to Jay Grunke of The Balanced Runner, in particular her breathing protocols that I mentioned, and I'll link to the episode I did with Verity Breen and also to her website. And the last thing that will be in the show notes, of course, is ways that you can keep up with us on social media. I'm very active on Instagram and Twitter, so please find me there. I am always the voice behind the Women's Running Stories posts, and I always love to hear from you, so please leave a comment. Thanks again for listening. I will also remind you that I do not make this show by myself, and the music that you heard in this and all other episodes is original music by Cormac O'Regan, and he makes that music in his studio here in Cork, Ireland. And for now, this is Cherie signing off from my home closet studio, also in Cork, Ireland. And until next week, I wish you joyful, healthy strides forward. Women's running, running, running. Running, running stories. stories. Hear Her Sports is a podcast for everyone who loves stories by and about women striving to improve and make a difference in their lives. I am your host, Elizabeth Emery, a former professional cyclist. In every episode, I introduce a female athlete or woman in the business of sport through a thoughtful conversation about who they are and the terrific work they're doing. My guests and I explore the glorious and frustrating issues in sports, history, equity, training, nutrition, and so much more. Join us for inspiration, for community, and for love of being a strong athletic woman.